0: Hello and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with Lena Tolgren. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. We were just discussing before we started recording the amount of snow that we're getting here in Chicago and... Yeah, just in really in the depths of a pandemic winter right now. Mm. It's all happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are here to talk not about winter or the pandemic, or not mostly not about the pandemic, and we're going to talk about some bad songs. We're going to talk about songwriting. When did you first start writing music?
1: I don't know. I was a little late. Like, late middle school, early high school. Probably, like, more early high school. And these recordings that I sent you are from like my senior year of high school, which was when I was like becoming more of a like quote unquote like serious songwriter, because um, I was mostly studying like classical and traditional fiddle music for so long, mm-hmm. but I was also very into various songwriters a gateway drug being, like, Daniel Johnston and Elliot Smith. Right. And my first sort of foray into songwriting was I would learn Elliot Smith's songs on the guitar, but then I would write new lyrics for them just to the same melodies, which I think is actually a pretty cool exercise, like, looking back on it, and is, like, an exercise I think I could... I don't know. I think that is, like, a good exercise. And I actually... A friend of mine teaches songwriting to, like, middle schoolers, and she used that technique for the middle schooler, and it was, like, a big deal for them because it was this nice way to be like, no, you can write songs. Like, this is just a nice, like, entry-level way to do so that isn't, like, daunting or weird or scary.
0: Now that you're saying that, I'm remembering that that's kind of like how I started writing songs too, except I, I grew up listening to like a lot of Christian contemporary mm. music because I grew up super Christian. So I think when I first, because I wrote a lot of poetry before I ever started writing songs. Sure. So when I first started like putting, I would write some of my poetry, like two like Barlow girl songs or like other Christian contemporary artists. Yeah. Wow. This is a powerful recovered memory that I'm having. Um, (laughs) But it is, it's like an interesting way to learn about like writing to a form that already exists and like to like think about melody and rhythm.
1: Yeah. Being like, okay, how does this person's brain work? How do they sculpt their melodies and like what's their relationship with harmony? And like, what are the things I can take from this and like sort of put into my own voice? Uh, When did you
0: start playing fiddle or, or instruments at all? What was your first instrument?
1: My first instrument was violin, and I started playing when I was seven years old, like classical music for a long time.
0: Was that lessons or did you have like classes in school?
1: Yeah, I had a teacher from when I was seven until I was about 13 or 14, and then I got a new teacher. I like started wanting to just study like traditional fiddle music and other things that weren't classical related. So I got a new teacher and I was with her until I graduated from high school. And she sort of like set, set me free in a lot of ways of like showing me that music didn't have to be like this regimented genre hierarchy, which was really important for me at the time which I think like is the mark of a good teacher ultimately you can at least for teaching music I think it was so important for me to have this teacher to just be like no it's actually just about like enjoying music and it doesn't have to be about being the best like it doesn't have to be about shedding it just can be (laughs) about like having a lot of fun playing music however you want to do that.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I I quit taking piano lessons. I think at like at the start of high school because I was just like, do I don't want to do this. I just want to like play whatever Coldplay songs or whatever I was listening to at the time. Evanescence. I want to like try to kind of learn this Evanescence song by ear, but like not do it all the way, but just like have fun doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've never been someone that has enjoyed learning basic root structures. I was actually talking with someone. A friend of mine is, like, learning to play viola, and was say was like, oh, you just have played for so long, like, you know how to do all this stuff, like, blah, 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 and they were like, I really don't want to learn, I just want to skip over learning, like, fundamentals of this instrument, and I was like, listen, it's not, like, me playing this for a long time, like, I didn't want to learn anything fundamentally at all, but... I was sort of forced to and I right. don't really think that it's necessary I, ju- I don't know I just like I'm very anti-school in general so <laughs> I think you can just do whatever you want <laughs> I don't think yeah. it matters
0: <laughs> well that's the fun of it and also like if you if you let go of the the whole thing of like I have to do this right I have to do this perfectly like and let go of like the fear of doing something wrong and you're just like let's see what's gonna happen anyway like that's where you get into the really like fun experimentation I think Mm -hmm. like if you're too afraid that you're gonna mess something up I mean that's what I always hated about doing piano lessons because it was like a just me and the piano nightmare in like a brightly lit room but also like you're supposed to play every note just right in, in the rhythm that it's, like, written in. And, like, you're supposed to play exactly what's on the page. And I'm like, I don't really want to do that. I like playing things differently. I mean, even my own songs. I like getting up on stage and, like, mixing it up and playing it a
1: little different. Yeah. I think it's really important to live with that sort of mindset.
0: Well, let's get into it. Let's listen to some of these tracks. Uh, okay. What's the first one that you want to listen to?
1: Um, we can listen to the one called... False hearted, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Is there anything you want to
0: say about it before we give it a listen?
1: Well, I haven't written a song this long since I was uh, like 19 years old. And I probably wrote this (laughs) song when I was 18 or 17. I clearly was like into the idea of writing long songs like only in my teens. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's about, really. This song is like deeply emo. <laughs> I think. <laughs> How did you record this um me and my best friend uh in high school who I had this project with that was just like the two of us play music we had like a big gig like a quote-unquote big gig in our like uh-huh. tiny town that was just like playing outside for like the town and so to prepare, we were like, we should sell something. So, we like had the, there was like this local old guy guitar teacher who was just like a support, a fan of music, capital M music, mm-hmm. and he had like a very janky setup. And so, we just like recorded all these songs at his house and then like sold cdrs that we like (laughs) that i like burned off my computer probably cool i told her that i was going to put these so- like do these songs on the podcast and she was really excited <laughs> uh, that's great yeah
2: because in your mind there's an old man who's never pleased or son For the love she hasn't found yet I know you're lonesome, I know you're scared But you must find it on your own time And I'm sick of stories cause I feel I'm always living
0: places were you playing shows other than like outside were were you I mean
1: were there a lot of opportunities to play things where you grew up um I like played bass and violin in this like rock band also separately from Mm -hmm. this project that was my friend Ty's band and we like just there were like some DIY spaces around where we lived and we would like play at those DIY spaces pretty fairly regularly and there was a college close by University of New Hampshire and sometimes we would be able to get on bills like opening for bands there Um, but there were like a couple of cool DIY spots near us and like at the time that we were sort of like ending high school like our senior year of high school Mm -hmm. there was a lot of cool music happening like older people that were older than us but had sort of like taken our band under their wing like this sort of there was like this cool like crew of people in bands there's this band moss m-m-o-s-s that was like a cool psych band and this band quilt was around a lot there were like kind of there was like this cool crew of like older people that we were hanging with a lot so we would play shows with them
0: oh that's nice we
1: were like oh we're in high school like we're not cool but they were like no play gigs with us so that was was a very uh, formative thing. And, like, I feel very lucky to have had that around.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. Sort of having that, like, little bit of an older crowd to, like, help you out, encourage you or whatever. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. It's, like, and we, like, one of them recorded our this band i had with my friend ty like our friend doug recorded our record like at the end of high school in this band or in this house that he lived in where like like a like him and these music people lived in this house but a different like iteration of this house who lived there It was so weird. Like, there were all these, like, music freak people that lived in the house. But uh, many years prior, like, Jay Mascas and, like, Asa Irons and, like, Kyle from King Tough had also lived in this house, like, many years before. And this house sort of, like, went on afterwards as, like, this freak house deeply haunted though like everyone that moved into that house that was in a relationship like their relationship like died within (laughs) like some amount of time like deeply haunted place but my friend ty has a studio um in the barn that's across from it and we recorded a lot of music there over the past like bunch of years one of we, we recorded one of my albums there and bits and pieces of other things but um yeah, very, like, cool, formative uh, New England freak experiences growing up. Love it. Yeah.
0: Love it. Um, okay, you have one more track to share here, and uh-huh. so we should listen to that. Is there anything you want to say about this one in particular before we listen? These
1: songs are so funny. My voice, my singing voice just it feels like a different person listening to these yeah. It's pretty cute and weird.
0: It's very, yeah, it's a very strange experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely, there's some stuff that I have recorded from high school where it's just like, my voice really does sound like very different. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. I think, you know, partially age and like learning how to sing, but also partially like, I think I was really nervous when I was like first recording my own singing voice. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> Like what a weird experience to like finally hear your voice not just inside your own head. Yeah, I you know it's really
1: confusing.
2: we be going soon Cause June, July, August said That it'll be fine
0: About these two tracks, what feels the most embarrassing yeah, to June, you? Oh,
1: um, I don't really so feel embarrassed by these songs. It's
2: I think it just...
1: I- feels very separate it feels like mm-hmm. a very different person different self like different uh musical identity making this music so i don't think it's like and i don't know i don't really live with that mentality of being like embarrassed just by a dancer and
2: a friend.
1: stuff like this because you were like so i just was so figuring it out right at the time um but yeah i don't know like
2: I think it just feels
1: far away It'll be I feel like very divorced from that Person That like yeah. Songwriter person
0: Yeah I mean I can definitely relate to that <laughs> but it's all Yeah I feel like I li- I've lived like yeah. A bunch of lifetimes Like in my personal life And like mus- musical lifetimes Or like bands that I was in That were like whole eras of my life That mm-hmm. yeah it does feel extremely far away
1: yeah yeah i mean i think it's that's just like how it feels when you look at something that is so far from like fully formed in any way that's very much just like you were grabbing
2: i'm not so sad
1: it's like you were going to the grocery store and there was like a hurricane happening and people are like okay just get what you need and there are obviously people around you like taking things that you might need but you're just like grabbing like a candy bar and like i don't know like some marshmallows and like one piece Mm -hmm. of fruit because you like don't know what's happening you're just sort of like reaching for whatever is like gonna stick yeah and it definitely took me a really long time after making these songs to be like okay this is gonna stick this is like what I want to do I mean still I have no idea but (laughs) I at least feel like I have like a stronger identity personally and uh, musically I mean I think they're deeply linked probably
2: right the country all the country and July, said it'll be
1: I remember like maybe five years ago I was playing music with my friend Ty and he was like we should bring back that song july august so. <laughs> I was like no absolutely so. not and then we like sat down and listened to it and he was like oh yeah l- no <laughs> definitely not
0: it's like a nice idea to bring back an old song but like for me it feels so difficult to like For really old stuff, it feels, like, difficult to access, like, the emotions of that song or, like, connect to the lyrics or, like, the space that I was in when I wrote it, like. Yeah,
1: for sure. So it would
0: be, like, pretty... I would just sort of feel silly, I think, playing something that was, like, super old. Because I know there's, like, old songs of mine that, like, my best friend who I've known since I was 18, you know, like, really still likes some of the stuff that I wrote from a long time ago, but I'm like, oh, that just... It just feels... I can't, I can't play that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly how you feel. Even just playing songs from like three years ago, that's how I feel.
0: There was an album that I put out um, in 2018 that I had like recorded three years previously and like those were older songs. I just like sat on it forever and by the time I put it out, I was like, people are like, oh, this is cool. And I'm like, ah, it's, they're, they're all so old. Yeah. <laughs> These are such old songs. It feels strange to me.
1: Yeah, that's that's the real beef with releasing albums, is they just, like, take so fucking long, and then yeah. by the time you can, like, go on a tour, you're like, I'm over these feelings, <laughs> like, I did all the processing with this, and now I just have to, like, reopen, I just have to put salt in these wounds, like, for two weeks <laughs> straight on this, like, shitty DIY tour, like, no, this is not fair. <laughs> How
0: would you say that your songwriting process has changed over the
1: years? I would say it is has been pretty much the same for a while, for at least seven years. It's been pretty consistent um, mm-hmm. of just, like, sitting down and what comes out comes out. But I don't know, I guess, like, I've been writing a lot more poetry over the past few years. And so I think that in writing more poetry, you just write more things. And in the past, I would like only write songs. And now I feel like I will be like mining a little bit more, like going through the notebooks and seeing if there's like anything from a poem or from something I just like wrote down when I woke up. And if that, like, if what I find will make its way into a song. But, I mean, over the past year, since Pandemia started, I don't really work on things like I did. Like, for a while, for years, I was very much on this hamster wheel of being like, I must Mm -hmm. work on songs every day. If I don't, I am worthless. (laughs) Like, that sort of vibe. But then when... Like lockdown started I couldn't work on anything like you know working on songs just became really hard for a multitude of reasons and I think is still really hard even though there's been so much like adjustment to this sort of mode of living our lives I don't really put the pressure on like I was before like if I'm gonna write a song I'll write a song but I'm not really, like, trying to hammer in that self-applied pressure. And I also feel like going through periods of time where you don't write for a while is actually good because no matter what, you're still, like, taking in so much information to process, like, via songwriting later. And as if you're not doing it now, I don't really... I no longer think it's, like, a big deal if you're not working on stuff all the time.
0: Yeah, I think that that has been, like, a big thing for me over the past year, too. I definitely relate to the hamster wheel. I mean, I still have, like, plenty of projects and things that I'm doing. But I also, like, have gone for, you know, a few weeks without really, like touching my guitar or like doing anything musical which like I think would have worried me in the past or like I would have really felt a big pressure but now I'm sort of like well it's okay or it's okay if I just like pick up my guitar and like noodle or like just practice guitar without like writing anything because like Mm -hmm. that's good too (laughs) um and maybe like I just don't have anything to say I think that a lot there have been a lot of times in the past year where I'm like I don't have anything to say. Like, I feel like shit, and the world is shitty, and I don't feel like I have anything, like, meaningful to say about it.
1: Yeah. That's
0: not just whining, so, like, I'm not going to, like, write anything.
1: Yeah, I don't have anything to add to the conversation, really. I have written some songs. I wrote some songs during the, like, very alone part of quarantine. Yeah. That I'm really proud of, but they just sort of, like, came out of nowhere. And were really unintentional and then I was like oh okay I just like wrote a song but yeah that really resonates with me I'm like yeah I don't I don't really have anything to add and also like I'm not really feeling this so much anymore but for a while I was like writing songs and not really having a good gauge for whether I thought they were quote-unquote good or not And then I Mm. would take them and perform them. And that would usually be my metric that I would work with to be like, okay, does the song work when I like present it in a room to people? Not so much in a like, how are the, how is the audience reacting? But like, do I still like this song when I take it out of my room? It was weird to lose that and then be like oh now I just actually have to decide if I like it like (laughs) that's not fair like how am I supposed to know if I like this or not if I'm not like presenting it in a room and like feeling out the vibe a little bit
0: I honestly feel the same way it's so strange because like you know doing a live stream is not like that
1: oh my god absolutely not simply not a replacement in any way no not at all but that
0: was the same thing for I did this like project where I wrote and recorded and released an EP in seven days and that was like super weird too because I was like I don't ever release music this fast I'm always like sitting on stuff and trying it out first like I really have it made me realize too like that I have really no concept of like not no concept but a lot less of a concept of when a song is good like when I just write it and I'm playing it to myself
1: it's very weird (laughs) yeah it's deeply confusing feeling to sit with (laughs) right or like I don't know I think a lot
0: of times I'll write a song and then immediately after I write it I'm like this is amazing I love this and then I return to it the next day and I'm like that I hate it (laughs) (laughs) so it's like I go in 24 hours I go through like a full cycle so I don't really like trust my own gut feeling about
1: it I know it's so fucked oh (laughs) i don't know if i'm allowed to swear on this podcast oh yeah swear away okay yeah it just is like it's not fair a lot of the time
0: it would be nice if i could write it and just be like well i'm nope that's that's a bad one and i don't need to play it out instead of like playing it out and then it's a bad one i'm like oh well i played that live so
1: yeah i think at least now i'm feeling a little bit better about like i don't not like congratulating myself but being like Hey, you worked on something. That's cool. Yeah. Like, just sit with how good that makes you feel. And it can just be, like, a good feeling to have written something or to have worked on something. Like, I I feel like I have to get the bad ideas out, too. So even
0: if I, like, work on something and, like, I don't love it or it doesn't go anywhere, like, I got it out of my, like, system and put it down. And then that leaves room for me to, like create things that I'm actually going to like or that are going to move forward.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, What are some things you've been listening to lately that you've been liking?
1: I really like this album by this person, Matt Norman. He put up this album on Bandcamp a couple weeks ago, but just took it down. Like, right when I was telling everybody about it, he took it down. (laughs) Oh, no. But... He is going to put it back up. He just is making edits. He is, like, a he just, like, does lots of things, but he is most known for playing, do you know this band, Lily and Horn Horse? Yes. Yeah, so he's, like, the horn person and makes a lot of the beats, but he put out this record that's just songs that he made on his own. It's so cool, and it's so, so weird. I love it deeply. I can't even, like, begin to explain it. Um, but I've been listening to that a lot. Also, oh, I, I really like the new album from this band called Five is Glock, which is my friend, my friend Zach Phillips uh, has this band with this Belgian singer. And she's such a good – she's, like, such a good singer and writer. And the album is cool in that there's a lot of songs on the album. It's, like, 20 songs. A lot of them are very short. But it's, like, five different iterations of the band. Like, some in this – like, one sort of iteration that they did in New York and, like, one they did in L.A. and a few that they did in France or in Belgium. So So I like those. And, I don't know, I've been watching lots of, like – I just watched this really cool Ryuichi Sakamoto concert that he did back in May. That's called, like, Ryuichi Plays Piano for the Isolated. It's, very, <laughs> it's like, very lockdown um, yeah. vibe. But it's, like, really well recorded and really well filmed. And it's, like, solo piano, but he also plays, like, with a shamisen player. And, I, yeah, I like that a lot. Those are the things I'm listening to.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everybody, for listening.
1: Bye. It's not Bye. like you was before.
2: Tell us what you wanted most. Hey,
0: thanks for listening. You can find links to Lena's music in the episode description, and you can find us on Instagram at songwriter, and on Twitter at bad underscore songwriter. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could rate, review, subscribe, follow. It really helps us out. And if you're a songwriter who's interested in being on the show, you can email me at pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a good week.
2: Yeah, I just sit on the back